it's Patsy's birthday. Yeah, I, if I say it like this, this way they won't crowd you or something. I'm always asking her, like, hey, when I go out the door and undo the garage door early, like at 4.30 in the morning or something, does it ever wake you up? No, I don't hear it. Uh, she noticed at 5.15 this week when the roofers would start dropping whole bundles of roofing on the, on, you know, boom, on top of the house. She'd go, man, he's really loud. I'm going to have to tell him that he, oh, wait a minute, it's the roofers. <laughs> and they did a good job. And, you know, they quit by like 11 or so before the roof gets so hot that you start coming up on the bottom of your shoes. You know, they, they do all that stuff. So, so yesterday afternoon, uh, I usually kind of check around like who's leading worship and, you know, who's speaking. And so I check with Brooke and he says, well, I'm leading worship. I said, okay. And then he said, I think Liz is speaking on her trip to Israel, I said, oh, okay. So I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to wash the driveway off of all the beads of all the debris of the roofing things. And so I'm out there with a hose and I'm trying to punch in you know, the right stuff. And I, I sent Liz a note like, uh, are you speaking tomorrow? And so then the next one I went, well, Jamie's good buds with her. Maybe Jamie knows. So I write Jamie, do, do you know if Liz is speaking tomorrow? And Jamie quickly turns around going, I haven't heard anything about that <laughs> so we eventually we just work out an all new like okay this is what we're going to do you know this is this is a, it's it's because it's got five sunnies in it and it makes it all uh we've got it worked out now so so this is the third sunday so next week brooke is going to teach i got that part down are you going to possibly lead worship? Is that, was that a nod, maybe? Karen, you've told me this already. I, I, I know. This is the only good week, Karen, that I have to really have a, an excuse. Because normally I wake up almost at that same time and I can't use it as an excuse. But this week I can go, well, I had roofers all week, so that's why I can't remember anything. Okay, so Karen's leading worship next week. Brooke is speaking next week. And it's the fourth one. And so Liz is going to have a few minutes next week so that she doesn't have to be the whole thing. Her dad will. So you're just going to get up and show some pictures about Israel. We don't know. She's going to make it up. Yeah. And even if she goes, no, nah, I didn't get it together, then she will eventually. That way you have, I know it, but I'm leaving it open-ended for you. Okay, and Brooke's going to speak. And then fifth Sunday... You might have to be leading Fifth Sunday. I don't know. Jamie's speaking. Jamie's speaking Fifth Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> got that one, right? Uh, who cares about August? We just we got to get through this one. Okay, 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 okay. So, so I, I thought that we might this morning, like to see something better. I I went and read. Uh, this morning, or was it yesterday? Uh, this morning, I think. I, I went and read the, uh, uh, I, I have this odd thing is that Patsy's birthday, the 717, my son-in-law, Chris Cato, his birthday is today. He's 717. Okay, and so there was one time she had a car tag that had 717 in it. 
And so I just decided, this was like a long time ago, and it's like uh, I just decided that I would, I have this thing about numbers in the Bible and, and how I think that God speaks through everything, you know, I mean, just everything in life. And so one of them was is that I just couldn't get that 717 that it was her birthday, it was on her car tag. Like, what's the odds of that, having those numbers, right? So I, I started looking up every every book in the Bible that's got, even I'm telling this, did I tell this last week and I just don't remember? Okay, okay, so, okay, so I've told one or two people. And, I mean, I've down through the years. Okay, so I look up every book in the Bible that has a 717 in it. And I write them all down. And then I'm looking up the verses. I'm going, nah, I don't think so. Nah, I don't think so. Nah, I don't think so. And then I got to 2 Chronicles 7.17, and it's the promise to Solomon that if he will walk with God, that there will be someone on the throne forever. Of course, we're talking beside Jesus. In my particular New American Standard, I like one that has a real wide border on it, and I still use these if they make them this new inductive one that has a wide border. All right, so in this particular, I've had, this may be my fourth one of these. I look down, Second Chronicles 717. You want to know what page number it's on? 717. I went. That is weird. That's Twilight zone stuff. Yeah, you know. I, I could hear his voice in the background talking, the opening of Twilight Zone. Yeah, so, right, well, so, Benjamin, so, if you saw a Bible verse, and it was on the same page as the Bible, of, in the Bible, seven, the 717, then you would think, huh, wow, maybe God's talking. Yeah, that's weird. Well, okay, so, yeah, that was, I went just to weird, isn't this interesting, told it to a few people, and so I, uh, months go by, like a year goes by. This is, I think, about the time that Michael Bynum, he's, he says when, uh, I mean, I'll try to tell it uh, the way it was, but he, he came to me, and, he, and I had just retired from teaching and was down here in the daytime. He says, I've worked it out with Vicky. I said, what have you worked out with Vicky? He says, we have figured on our budget that I can quit working and I can come full-time down here I said, I don't have enough money to hire you full-time. Yeah, you just give me a dollar or two. You don't have to give me any money. We don't have to have any money. I can come without you. Yeah? Yeah. So all I need is permission from you being the senior pastor if I could come full-time. Okay. So he comes full-time. The summer that I got out of uh, 1998. So it's, it's a few weeks into summer, and we're, and we're kind of developing things, you know, patterns, sort of, and so there's, we've got one of these little tables like Brooke is sitting on right there, and we're sitting out here, and I've got my back to the front door, and he's sitting on this side, and I, I, I tend to obsess, and I said, hey, you, you remember me telling you about that seven, yeah, I know, I know never, I've, I've never done this, some of you never see me do this, and I, I was sitting there, and I just said, you know, Michael, I just, that comes up every so often, that 717, and on that Bible verse, and you don't suppose God's talking, do you? I mean, I, I can't, some days I think he is, some days I think he's not. Well, Michael's not being very polite. He's looking, he's looking past me. He keeps like leaning, you know, like the dog, except he was trying to see past me out the front door. 
He's leaning past me, and I'm talking, and I'm thinking, what is he looking at? And I turn around my chair, and there's an army convoy going down the middle of Broad Street. Truck after truck, you know, an army convoy. That, those are like, you know, jeeps, and then the ones with the cloth on it, and they're all in camouflage, and they've got that green, right? And they're driving down the street, Benjamin. They're going down the street, okay? And I have just enough to get to turn around and see about 10 of them. I don't know how many there had been, but enough that's gotten his attention. And on the very last truck, in white letters, about, you know, that tall. Oh, the, oh, oh, the, the car tag had 31 for the county, and it had DK 717. That was the car tag. Okay, so I was trying to work out, like, well, the DK, maybe that's the Davidic kingdom, you know. Maybe, maybe that stands for something, too. You know, you're trying to make it all, because it's like, okay, so here comes the last truck, and the last truck says DK, in big white letters, DK717 on the last of the convoy. Yeah. I went, okay. Okay. You're saying something. Okay. So, anyway, so Second Chronicles seven seventeen. Let me. Uh, it's hard to jump back and forth. Okay, let me let me go there to that part. I'm going to back up to, this is this New American Standard. This is Second Chronicles 7, chapter 12. And the, and the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer. Now, before this, Solomon has dedicated the temple. You remember King David wanted to build God a temple. He says, I want to build a temple for you. And the prophet, whoever the prophet was at that time, came to him and said, the Lord says, I've heard your, your desire, but you can't build me a temple because there's too much blood on your hands. In other words, you've been a warrior. But I will let your son build one. So David started collecting everything he needed. And God gave him a layout of it. And so when Solomon got old enough, he built him a house. And then he built the temple with the, all the layout of the temple. And so in building this, he... He gets up on a, uh, I'm going to jump around, y'all. Um, he, he builds a little uh, <laughs> platform. It's four cubics by four cubics long. I don't know that in feet. Four by four cubics and uh, maybe three cubics tall, I think, or two cubics tall. It's, it's, it's a, a little platform. Now, 
everybody that's come to town has come to town because the temple is right here, right? They've got the whole temple built. They haven't moved into it. The singers are there. Uh, they're going to do a bunch of sacrifices. They're going to do so many sacrifices that they can't hardly clean up after all of it. They're going to they're going to sacrifice 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep on the altar at the at the temple uh, to dedicate to dedicate the house. God's up here, so I have a little. I have spiritual Tourette's when sometimes <laughs> it's like you know barking out words. <laughs> uh, I, haven't, I, I haven't had this happen in a long time. I can feel that coming. Okay, I'm not trying to. Okay, I'm just trying to talk. Um, he kneels down on top of this. Everybody's out there around him. He's the king. He kneels down and lifts his hands toward heaven. And he starts praying this amazing prayer. Go look it up. It's like these two story parts are like chapter 6 and chapter 7. And in in his... um, Oh, okay, I see it better. Five cubics by five cubics, three cubics tall. This is chapter 6, verse 13. He said it in the middle of the court. He stood on it. Then he knelt on his knees in the midst of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands towards heaven. What a... Would that we would have a president, a leader in our country that would do this. Would that out of the 195 countries of the world that the lead person's lead job would do this very thing, that they, that they would kneel before the God of heaven. You know what? The craziness in the world would go away. The enemy wouldn't have a foothold. Humility would spread across the earth. Of course, Jesus would probably be coming back. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but there's all this type and shadow of Solomon of doing this, and he, and he, and he kneels down on this, and he says, chapter 6, 14, he said, O Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth, keeping covenant and showing loving kindness to your servants who walk before you all their heart, who has kept, who has kept with your servant David, my father, that you have promised him. Indeed, you have spoken with your mouth and have fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day. Now, therefore, O Lord, the God of Israel, keep with your servant David, my father, that which you had promised him, saying, You shall not like a man to sit on the throne of Israel if only your sons take heed to their way to walk in my law as you have walked before me. Now, therefore, O Lord, the God of Israel, let your word be confirmed with you, spoken to your servant David. But will God indeed dwell with mankind on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heavens can't contain you, how much less this house which I have built. Yet you have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to listen to the cry and to the prayer which your servant prays before you. You and I are just in the same. We do that very same thing that he's doing as the king of Israel on this platform. We cry out to God. 
We make our supplications. We are of the lineage of the Messiah, of Jesus, our older brother. We have this, we are of this lineage. To listen to the cry, verse 19, and the prayer which your servant prays before you, that your eye may be open toward this house day and night. Now, the temple's not there now. Where's the temple? It's Pentecost. You are the temple of God. You are like the house. That, so if you convert that into, into our time, into thinking like us, it is that your eye may be open toward this house, you and I, toward this house night and day. Let that sink in for a minute. That our Father's eye might be open toward you and I night and day. So when you lay hands on a brother or sister or, or someone that's not a Christian yet, you're doing the same thing. You are the house of God touching the nations in the name of Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you and on you and with you for the glory of God. It's not about you and me. It's it's about Him. That your eye may be open toward this house night and day. Verse 20, toward the place of which you have said that you would put your name there to listen to the prayer which your servant shall pray toward this place. Listen to the supplications of your servant. The words, what what I'm saying. And of your people Israel when they pray toward this, this place. Hear from your dwelling place from heaven. Hear and forgive. It's the same thing with us. We say, hear us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. We get soulish all the time. We're not spiritual. Oh, we are spiritual, but we're not in our spiritual mode. It's not dominant. You know, we don't you do you flip like I do? My soulish guy gets on top, I mean he's up running stuff, and then the and then God'll like put it turn it you know, I, I can flip back and forth within minutes. You know? I can be super spiritual and work for God and and be Say the things that come to my head that's his things and stuff and watch him do things. And 15 minutes later, I can be cussing. Well, okay, maybe I wouldn't say cussing. Close to it. The guy that's in front of me turning left because he's talking on his phone. Of course, that could be me in the next block, but, you know. <sighs> yeah. And, like, and, then, and then by the next block, you're in repentance because... You know, you'd made fun of the other guy, and now you've done the thing, you know. And, and then, you know, it, you know, and six more blocks down the road, maybe you're spiritual again. It, you know, I, I... Verse 22, if a man sins against his neighbor and is made to take an oath, uh, let's get... I, I didn't have time to, like, block out parts that would be pertinent for us, let's say. He's just talking about forgiveness with Israel. He's just saying, you know, you do stuff, you ask forgiveness, God, the Father, our Father hears. 
And then he goes on and he gets into stuff about nations. He says, verse 26, and when the heavens are shut up and there's no rain because they've sinned against you. Sometimes it doesn't rain because God's upset or other stuff. You know, it's sort of like a bunch of locusts move in and eat everything. Sometimes it's just locusts, and sometimes it's God sending locusts. You know, I don't If your people Israel are, let's see. They pray toward the, but if they pray toward this place and confess your, your name and turn from their sin when you afflict them, then here in heaven forgive the sin of your servants and your people Israel. Indeed, teach them the good way in which they should walk. And that works in everyday Christianity. If they turn and, they have, and you and I turn and we ask forgiveness, hear from heaven, Father. Yes. Teach us to walk with you. And you send your rain on the land which you've given to your people for their inheritance. Verse 28. If there's a famine in the land, if there's pestilence, if there's blight, mildew, if there's locusts, grasshoppers, if there's enemies who, who besiege them in the land of their cities, whatever plague or whatever sickness there is, Whenever prayer or supplication is made by any man, by any of your people Israel, each knowing his own affliction and his own pain and spreading his hands toward this house, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and forgive and render to each according to all his ways whose heart you know. For you alone know the hearts of the sons of men that they may fear you and to walk in your ways as long as you live in the land which you've been given, which has been given to our fathers. We can pray for each other. We can pray for ourselves, but it's real effective to pray for each other. And we can come in humility and say, we're coming to you, God, for our brother or sister. And then verse 32, he talks about the foreigner. The one I think of that is the one that doesn't know God yet. He honors your prayers for people that are not Christians yet. It's not just the Christians. In fact, 32, from, concerning the, the, the foreigner who is, who is not from your people, Israel, when he comes from a far country, for your great name's sake, they, come, they, they meet you someplace by accident, in church, out of church, at Walmart, in line, where, wherever the place is, and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and pray toward this house, Jesus, you know, and hear from heaven, from your dwelling place, and do according to all which the foreigner calls to you, in order that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and that they may know that there is this house which I built is called by your name. Now, convert that into this. That means that when you pray for non-Christians, there's a bigger chance of God answering right that moment because he wants to show them he's alive and well and cares about them. It gets people's attention when they're healed, when something happens, when money that they needed they don't have and, and, it, and it's in the mail when they get home. 
you know, strange stuff. I'm telling you, as Christians, if you want to see strange stuff, not that you just should do it for strange, I'm just saying that I have more strange stuff happens with people that barely know God or don't know God. Not that he doesn't answer sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. He does, doesn't. You know, but he tells us to pray with each other. I see it with other people. He goes on down and he prays the rest of chapter 6 there. Verse 7, chapter 7, 7. Now when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven. So picture that. We're all gathered outside the temple. The king's all dressed up as the king. He's been kneeling, holding his hands up, praying this, this prayer, this long, powerful prayer. And when it's over... He finishes praying, God the Father answers by fire. Fire comes down from heaven and consumes the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord fills the house. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. All the sons of Israel, seeing the fire come down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, this is verse 3, bowed down on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and they gave praise to the Lord saying truly he is good truly his loving kindness is everlasting and that's why I felt on that last song that we just need to stand we just need to stand in honor I stand in awe of you not only is it tender you're beautiful beyond description you're m- more marvelous than words. So they, they start sacrificing the 22,000 oxen, 120,000 sheep. He's got Trumpet guys lined up on one side, blowing trumpets. Singers lined up on the other side, singing. Talking about a concert. They needed a light show, you know, like, they did have a light show. That's right, they did. Like, uh, yeah, like fire came down from heaven. And, And the cloud, the presence of the Lord came like at the tent of meeting with Moses. Got so strong, they couldn't work very well. The presence... I mean, it's hard to sacrifice sheep when you're having to crawl across the yard. You know, yeah, it's hard to work with sheep and oxen right then, probably. So this is on the 23rd day of the seventh month. He sent the people to their tents. Verse 10, this is chapter 7, verse 10. They were rejoicing and happy of heart because of the goodness that the Lord had shown to David and to Solomon and to to the people Israel. And thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's palace and successfully completed all that he had planned on doing in the house of the Lord and in his palace. And the Lord appeared to Solomon at night. I picture this is after one heck of a day. Let's see, fire from heaven, we sacrificed that. Thousands, you know, a bunch. Uh, and 
Everybody's gone happy home. Everybody's hugged everybody. Everybody's getting along. Nobody's upset with each other. Solomon has gone into his house, and the Lord appears to him that night and said to him, I have heard your prayer. I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heavens so there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people, verse 14, who are called by my name, humble themselves, got to be his child, humble themselves and pray. That means talk to God and seek my face. You're listening. You're willing to do whatever. And turn from their wicked ways, whatever we've been doing. And then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Verse 15, now my eye will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. And 717, on this page 717, and as for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked, even to do according to all that I've commanded you and will keep my statutes and my ordinances, then I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with your father David, saying, You shall not lack a man to be the ruler in Israel. If we walk with God, the next generation and the next generation, as we all walk with God, it will pass on. The faceless generation that was prophesied, the dread champions, and uh, from years ago, the young, the old, it can be anybody. <clears throat> okay, so I don't know how it is where you're sitting, but God's up here. <laughs> so when, when I get... Um, uh, for a few minutes, I really believe in him. So I'm going to stop. And if somebody, if you need prayer for something, let's do it. If people need, want more, you just let us know. Some of us, we will, we, it doesn't matter how ordered it is. He'll come right now on you. Fill your container to the top, overflowing overflowing more than you've ever known. I know I look weird, but, you know, it's okay. Same to you if you're watching this later. You know, I used to make fun of Oral Roberts because, well, I liked his show. I watched it all the time. He was in black and white, and he had his white shirt, and he always had his shirt sleeves rolled up, and they had people walk by, and he sat in a folding chair because there's a lot of people. And he would always end... They would take a break as they were ending it just before I'd go to Sunday school with my parents. And he would say, you know what? You need a point of contact. If you'll just touch the screen of your TV, and he would touch out toward the camera, just touch my hand on the screen and ask Jesus to come to whatever the problem is. And there was always people riding back in, talking about, well, I thought that was kind of crazy, but I did it. I was desperate. God God healed me. Hey, 
It's not how we do it. It's how we obey. If the, if the obedience this morning is that, like, if you'll take off your left shoe and then lay hands on people, I'll heal. If he says that, what do we got to lose? Let's take off our left shoe. Whatever it is. You know? I only regret that I visited a Pentecostal church one time that was really way out there in God in the moment, you know, and they were running the top of the pews. I wish I had tried that. <laughs> now I'm wondering that I probably couldn't keep my balance, but I wish I'd run the pews. I went, they are into this. They are into this. You know, I get it now. All you need to do is go to church for a few months or a year or so where it's just you and each other and God a little bit, just a little bit. And then there's the Sunday where you go to church with you and your friends and the family and then God was, God's there. So what do you do? You take advantage of it. You get every container you can find and you put all into everything that you can. You find everything and fill it up because this doesn't happen all the time. 